Welcome back, everybody, to Talk of the Now podcast. I'm bringing to you back, Mr. Keith. Keith, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about Eugene? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I've had quite the, um, you know, festive time this this um, Christmas time. How about yourself? How's the family doing? They're they're good. Hectic. They're good. We're we're uh, finishing up laundry, trying to pack up. We're gonna go ahead. Uh, gonna go see the the in laws early for Christmas and go see them for a few days and then get back home in time to uh, enjoy being at home for Christmas. So yeah, uh, it's it's been good though. It's been real good. Very nice. Well, uh, today's episode, we're going to talk specifically about something that I sort of feel like I have a heart for. That's something that's in my background. We've touched on it in a previous episode when you first came on and the last episode as well. And it has to do with the trades, the Mm -hmm. um, trades field, if you will. Mm -hmm. One of the um, TV shows that I love is This Old House Mm -hmm. that comes on PBS. I would imagine a lot of people, if not most people, have at least heard of it sooner or later. And um, it's basically a show. If nobody knows, it's basically a show where you have these tradesmen, professionals that show you. This is way before the HGTV days and the yeah. you know DIY channel days, where they would show you how to repair and fix a house and um you know, do all the different home improvements and that kind of thing in a real way, like in a real kind of way that, that shows you how pros do it and what mm-hmm. the methods they use. So I guess with the spirit of helping people figure out how to do it on their own. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm trying to think because, you know, for a younger audience, I'm thinking that like a 15 year old may say, what's a trade? What, 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 what do trades do? So Keith, I'll, let me let you take that away. Keith. How do you define trades yourself? Uh, well, you know, I've known a lot of people in them. I haven't been one, but like you, well, similarly to you, cause you've actually had your hands in it, uh, as much with, with your dad and your brother and, mm-hmm. and others that you know, but, um, the skilled trades as I've come to know them, um, Did are it, pretty much any, any part of the industry that has to do with, um, building, maintaining, servicing, pretty much anything it takes to keep society going in a, in a way, in a very real sense. Um, so the skilled trades can be anything from auto body, uh, which is your, your I have some background, background there. Yeah. yeah. Um, auto body and, you know, and mechanics to mm-hmm. carpenters, um, plumbers, electricians, HVAC, uh, masonry. Uh, I mean, honestly, even even to uh, barbers and cosmetology. You know, people that uh, that cut and style hair. Uh, that's a skilled trade. So uh, it's and it's it can be all of those and more. Uh, and and I think particularly when you think of skilled trades, a lot of people think jobs and careers that had to have a lot to do with your hands and doing something with your hands, um, fixing things, creating things, maintaining things. Mm-hmm. So that's, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, like we were talking about with skilled trades, pretty yeah. much anything that people do with hey, their hands. Sorry. Look, oh, there he is. Jason. Is there here. he is. He made it <laughs> rock and roll. Jason was supposed to be with us at the beginning folks. We started without him. He was having some, but he's here that i am jason we're talking trades uh, um, keith is giving us some definitions and telling us what the trades are all right yeah so i I mentioned several different ones but essentially i kind of came down to essentially any type of career where you're working with your hands to build create maintain service whatever that might be. And, and actually just listening to an episode that you guys just did, uh, actually I say just is probably been a while, but y'all were talking about the beginnings of radio and I loved it because uh-huh. I just listened to this part where Jason was talking about in the uh, broadcast radio broadcast program that you were in at Troy, where y'all did things with your hands to learn how all the equipment worked. Right. Yep. Yep. And as Jason said, I was like, man, I got to mention this because it's, this is what 
myself and our, the two founders of the school, this is what we talk about all the time. There's so many things that you can take a class for. You can read a textbook, but it, it's not real and you mm -hmm. don't understand it until you get your hands on it. Yep. Um, and so what, <laughs> there's something we were talking about recently. Uh, I can't remember who we were talking to, but I was like, yeah, I was like, well, uh, online learning is for online careers and hands-on learning is for hands-on careers. Yep. So that's kind of our kind of big thing is to go, yes, you can watch videos about how to do plumbing. You can watch videos about how to do, you know, woodworking and carpentry, but that's only going to take you so far. Um, and my, one of my partners, uh, uh, Chris, he says it all the time, especially with, with plumbing, there's so much feel involved in, in knowing if things are connected, right. If there's the right amount of torque on something, there's so much, feel involved that even if you had some vr experience mm. um where you're got big goggles on doing some vr experience about oh i'm twisting this you're not going to feel it unless you've got it in your hands on the real thing mm. um yeah so that's that's a big part of where that's a big part of our push is oh if i can stop you there real quick um yeah your school let's we haven't mentioned that yet in this in this program oh, let's talk whoops. about your schools. Keith is a helping to fi find found this new uh, trade school and tell us about it. Yeah. So um, about about a year ago, uh, a good buddy of mine came to me and said, hey, "I've got I've got this idea that I've been kind of it's kind of been percolating for not, uh, for about a year, actually almost two years." He's like, "Hey, I thought about it, wrote a bunch of stuff down about it." And thought, okay, there's nothing I can do about it right now. So he shelved it, uh, mentioned it to a couple of people. And then about a year later, brought it back up to a couple of people that he knows. And then through a series of unfortunate events, no, I'm just kidding. Um, through a series of events, he and I got reconnected. Um, and through that, he called me a couple of months after that and said, hey, I've got this thing that I'm trying to do. Um, I think I need you. Okay. Um, with my education background, he's like, you, we need an education guy. I, I've only, I've gotten it to this point of kind of getting the idea out there. I've talking to a couple, you know, he's got, we've got one other partner. They've talked about it a good bit. They've agreed that it needs to happen. And then they brought me on board and said, okay, I think you're the next piece to get us to the next, next level of, of actually making it happen because of my education background. Um, so yes, we have started, trades education center and uh it, the, the vision is to equip uh today's generation for the next 30 to 50 years of the skilled trade uh the skill skill skilled trades there you go um so to fulfill the need that's out there um as as you guys well know uh in the past couple of years especially we've we've heard more and more people talk about the need for skilled tradesmen, tradeswomen, mm -hmm. tradespeople. Um, but we decided we're essentially we're tired of hearing people talk about it and we're going to do something about it. So, mm. um, so far we've self-funded, <laughs> uh, to try to get it off the ground. And, uh, so here we go. Well, we've had our first, we started with plumbing. My two, my two partners are in the plumbing field. They, they've been in and around plumbing since they were toddlers, uh, so they know it well, um, but that's part of the missing piece in a lot of the skilled trades now is my two partners, they grew up in the trades, mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of people growing up in the trades right now. Um, not a lot of young people know that the opportunities are there. Um, so that's part of what we want to do is bring back the awareness of the skilled trades and the opportunities there. Uh, well, obviously one of the people we kind of look to that's been doing that for the past 10, 15 years is micro. He's probably been the loudest, most consistent voice mm -hmm. pushing, pushing and <laughs> pushing, even though people <laughs> yeah. didn't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, but now people are starting to pay attention because they're starting to feel it, uh, when they call and all the plumbers locally are busy until next week now it's starting to impact people. And so when it impacts people, they start to care. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, so that's what we're doing. Um, 
we started in October with our first group of six apprentices and our our motto is educate through experience. So everything we do is hands-on. Uh, it's in-person, it's hands-on. They get to use the tools, the hand tools, the power tools, um, real equipment. Uh, we, a couple of weeks ago, we were uh, practicing installing water heaters. And so they were, I mean, we went old school. We, yeah, sure we did uh, pro press on copper pipes, but we also did soldering. So we were, we had the torches out with solder and copper and it was fantastic. And, um, all of our six apprentices are, are all currently employed by my two co-founders and they're kind of our guinea pigs. Um, but even those guys that are employed in the plumbing industry, mm -hmm. pretty much none of them had, had actually done any of that. Um, and that's kind of part of what we want to address is even somebody trying to break into the trades doesn't necessarily get to have their hands on things particularly in the first year of employment, for sure. Um, they're the ones that are going and grabbing parts and grabbing coffee and all that. Um, but we're the focus for us is to get them hands-on experience very early on so that they can go out, get a job with somebody, and, and be actually helpful on day one and not be berated for not knowing anything because – that's what happens when you're new. You don't know anything. <laughs> so uh, that that's the goal. Uh, we've got a eight to twelve week program that we've we're fine tuning right now, and um, we hope to hope to start our first you know real real class in in February and uh, and offer those in the spring summer and fall of 2024. And this week, literally two days ago. Uh, we signed a lease on a space of our own, so we actually Ooh. have a play. Yeah, dude, I'm oh, it, okay. you couldn't have timed this any more perfectly, Gene. Congratulations are, on that. We are pumped. I don't know where the money's going to come from anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> but we we signed a lease for two years. Uh, a wonderful partner. We, we've got a local church that's in an old elementary school, and they said, Look, you can have the end of the building, these four like 25 by 25 classrooms. Um, so big rooms. Uh, one of my partners, Chris, and I were over there demoing stuff two days ago, moving stuff around. So there's a lot to do. Um, but man, I, I could not be more excited. Um, so where, it's, where uh, is this, by the way, the uh, location going to be? So it's it, it's kind of outside of Athens. It's between Jefferson and Athens, Georgia. So for, for all you dog fans, it's uh, on Highway 129, headed toward Jefferson. Um, so it's just one of the US 129s, one of the main thoroughfares that connects Athens up to 85. But um, so anyway, so we're, gosh, I mean, maybe 10, 15 minutes out, maybe 10, 15 minutes outside of Athens, uh, right on major highway. It's uh, we're actually it's Southside Church Redstone is the name of the church that we're we're uh, leasing space from. Um, incredible partners. They've been very kind and um, so. We're pumped. We're ready. <laughs> and if they have any emergencies, they know who to call. If, uh, hey, know. listen, for real, right? <laughs> no excuse for any plumbing issues in that building. <laughs> that's right. And that, that's, that was actually, you know, it's, you know, it's one of those things. Um, man, gosh, Gene, you were talking about this on, a, on one of your podcasts where y'all were talking about how, um, like with your dad's auto body shop, where a lot of people bartered, right? You bartered services, you know, right. or trading horses, as you called it. Um, that's, that's part of what we did. We're like, okay, well, they had some plumbing issues they needed to fix at the church. And we're like, Hey, okay. Uh, between the partners, we can give you the, the, we can give you the labor and we can give you the materials. Uh, how about give us a couple months free? So, mm. <laughs> so we kind of worked that into the deal. So, um, there you go. Hey. Have you tried to contact Mike Rowe as far as uh, getting him to uh, maybe endorse you guys over, you know, social media and whatnot? The so we we announced that we existed, yeah. that we were a thing. We announced that on social media on Labor Day of this year, uh, which we kind of thought that was an appropriate day to announce that we existed. Yeah, uh, celebrate labor by saying we're going to try to address a labor issue, <laughs> right? Um, a workforce issue. So we did uh, tagged Micro on every post <laughs> that we did that day just to just to see if somebody with whose organization is watching. So, um, mm -hmm. and I think once, once we 
have our facility our because we've we've been working out of uh my, my partner chris his uh his plumbing office we've been working out of his shop with our first crew of apprentices um so now that we have our own facility once we get it up and running um we're gonna kind of reach out again once we've got a little bit more you know a little bit more under our belt to kind of say hey that we we said we are starting we really are like we right. really do exist and we're really getting going I was about to say, I think if you reached out to, um, I, I'm sure the, is it micro works, something like yeah. that, micro maybe, works maybe reach out to their, uh, their media relations department or something. Yeah. That would be a big step, I think, um, proactively. And maybe, um, maybe as I mentioned earlier, um, the, um, this old house might be a good contact as well to have them. They love to document things like that on their show. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's, that is the cool thing that we have seen is, when we're ready to really let some of those, you know, kind of, if you will, bigger name people and organizations know that when we're ready, right. what we've seen is they are most pretty much consistently open arms to anybody that's trying to do something to help the trades. And, um, and, and actually we've seen it already. We, we have four, um, we have four manufacturers that have, that have jumped on board with us. Uh, to support us with, um, gosh, with instruction, uh, like instructional materials. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've between Chris and I, I've, I've developed the curriculum for this first pro. We call them projects. Um, this first project, introduction to plumbing, we call it Project Eight. Um, I developed the curriculum for that. However, we did that so that then we could go to our manufacturers and say, "Hey, this is what we've developed." does this fit with what you guys do as a company? Um, because our other, our other partner, Tim, he is, uh, he's in plumbing wholesale. Uh, he, he has a wholesale warehouse uh, for plumbing. And so he, he has a lot of the industry contacts. So he's going to them saying, Hey, listen, this is what we're doing. We know that you as a company are already in that education space when it comes to the trades. So, that's the other thing we've been kind of, we've been kind of picky about the companies that we've looked at. Um, so, so far, uh, Milwaukee tool has jumped on board. Um, AO Smith, American standard and who am I forgetting? Oh, oh, uh, oh, that makes fun. That's kind of funny. Odie, uh, O A T E Y. Uh, they're, uh, man, they're, they're big in like the rough end part of construction when it comes to plumbing. So, a lot of your solvents, cements, if you will, that come into plumbing um, stops underneath your faucets and stuff. They, man, they're all over the place. Uh, uh, OD is. So we've gotten some really good partnerships with just those four right off the bat. Um, hmm. So we're, we're excited to see what happens from this, from this point forward. So. What, um, what's been the feedback that the, um, I guess the apprentices have given y'all about it so far. It's been good. It's, it's, um, so like I said, all of our apprentices at this stage are either employed by Chris who has a, um, he and his father have a plumbing service company and then our plumbing service contractor, if you want to call on that. And then the other founder, Tim, he's got a plumbing supply warehouse. So he has four guys, um, that are doing the project with us. And then Chris has two. So the two guys that are from the, the service side, What's been interesting to hear from them is, oh, yeah, I see these things and I see the actual. So they're both apprentices. They help an actual plumber like they ride along and help. They're a plumbing helper. Right. Both of these guys have been excited because they've gotten to actually use the tools and do some of the things that they haven't been able to touch yet or haven't been allowed to really. <laughs> um, so that's been good. Um and then for the, the plumbing warehouse guys, they see all the tools and the parts every day when they're fulfilling orders. They see all that stuff come in and out all the time. Now they're actually getting to see how they're used. Um, and they're making those connections between, oh, that's why when a plumber comes in and orders, you know, a faucet or a, let's say a sink, that's why they order all this stuff to go with it. Um, you know, they've got to have a stock kit. They've got to have a P-trap. They've got to have all these things that go with 
a sink. So now it's starting to click for them, um, which is kind of fun. Uh, they, they, they get to tell the service guys, Hey, this, this is what we experience in the warehouse when people come in and talk to us. Um, so they're, they're helping the, the service guys know what it's like to work in the warehouse and deal with orders. The service guys are getting to understand how much better it is when you know what you're asking for and you're using the, the consistent terminology in the industry to order the right parts, um, to understand timelines that, Hey, you can't, some things you can't order today and expect them to get today. They're just not going to be there, (laughs) you know? Um, and you know, be careful when you make promises to clients, if you don't know if you have the parts yet. Mm. So it's really neat to hear those conversations. Uh, and, and those are, and we do those on purpose. We want, so when we started this, we didn't want to just get more plumbers in vans and trucks to go service. We wanted to address the whole plumbing industry. So we wanted people to come out of our program and they could, they could go work as a plumbing apprentice at a service company. They could be an apprentice at a facility where they're doing all the plumbing at a facility. Um, like man, uh, UGA, I think three weeks ago, UGA had a post for, uh, an apprentice plumber to come work on camp. No, no, no. I think full-time. Yeah. A regular plumber to work at UGA kind of makes sense. It's a huge campus. Um, that, that job, 80 grand. Wow. I mean, that, I mean, that ain't bad. And plus, plus it's a state job. And so then you have all this benefits, you know, so there's facilities maintenance that plumbers can do. There's service contracting. There's the wholesale side, um, which is the supply warehouse part. Um, and then there's another thing that I learned, which I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I know it happens in other industries too, but in plumbing, they have manufacturing reps and they have agencies. So these agencies, they are kind of the go between, uh, of the manufacturers and the wholesale warehouse or your, you know, service contractor, your facilities, stuff like that. They're, they're the go between. Um, and so we, we there's several that are around. We worked with one, or we do work one, work with one. Um, there's a couple of different big ones around, but that's what they do is they create those relationships between manufacturer and end user. Well, not quite end user, but in servicer, I guess you'd say. Um, so we're trying to prepare people that come to us to be educated in plumbing and to experience plumbing. We're, we're trying to prepare them for all aspects of the industry. Wow. So that's a, I mean, that's a mouthful right there as far as <laughs> what's going on with it. I mean, that's, that, I mean, that does uh, shed a lot of light on it, I think, uh, for sure. Um, what, um, okay, let's ask, let me ask this basic question. Where, um, when it comes to uh, demand, mm-hmm. is there still a lot of demand in the plumbing industry for apprentices? I mean, that might be an obvious question, but I'm just curious. Well, yes, kind of. Um, and, and that's, again, this is part of what Chris first approached me about was the difficulty in plumbing. And, and I will go ahead and say this up front. Different parts of the country act a little differently when it comes to the skilled trades. So, but here in Georgia, um, as a right to work state and, and obviously not a, you know, we obviously don't have a very strong union presence here, which <laughs> for better or for worse, either way, sure. <laughs> depending on where you go with that. Um, so some of the challenges that that represents is we do have an association here in the state of Georgia, and it's actually a nationwide one that's for plumbing and HVAC. And they do have a Georgia chapter here and they, and they do work with plumbers across the state. But Part of Chris's frustration is finding new people to get in and train them up, Um, particularly right now with the demand that's on plumbers. um, They don't have time to train someone, Um, particularly when uh, I think Chris said the average age of a plumber in the state of Georgia are not not the average age. 
over 50% of plumbers, that's what, that's what the number was. Over 50% of plumbers in the state of Georgia are 50 years old or older. Wow. And as my buddy Chris said, a lot of those guys, you don't want training the next generation (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, you know, for better, for worse, you know, in trades, trades can be a rough, a rough occupation. And so you don't exactly have, um, don't exactly have plumbers that would teach the way schools have been teaching with, you know, you know, gloves on and, you know, being careful about what you say and who you say it to. Um, so that's part of the, <laughs> part of the issue um, is <laughs> a lot of plumbers don't have the patience to train anybody. Um, so what happens is you might get a young person in there and they just get chewed up one side down the other for a year. And after that, they're like, I'm done. I'm tired of being fussed at for stuff that I don't know that I didn't know I was supposed to know I'm done. And right. so Chris said, we, we've got to do something different. We have to do something different to approach this next generation to get them involved because it's an incredibly, it can be an incredibly good career and incredibly good. I, I, I mean, you can make good money in pretty much all the trades. Um, you have to work hard, but you go home satisfied at the end of the day because you put in a good day's work. So yeah. Um, that's his big thing is providing an entry point into the trades where a lot of people just don't have it right now. Um, and plus most, if you go look up plumbing jobs in the state of Georgia right now, I would venture to say at least 50 to 75% of those require some level of experience. Mm. (laughs) How do you get it? You know, and that's that. So that's part of the hurdle that we're trying to address is give, you know, give the next generation essentially an intensive course. And here's as many things as as you could probably enter and and see and experience in your first year plumbing. Let's let's let you have that experience in an eight to 12 week project. Let's let you have that experience. And then you actually have an idea what you're doing when you go apply for a job. Um, so that's, that's the goal. And, and it's, it's definitely a need, uh, Mm -hmm. Georgia, Georgia in particular is one of the States with the highest need of plumbers. Um, and the, of course, department of labor has projections about what careers are growing and what ones are going to need. I I still don't think they have a good handle on the trades, um, in some sense, because when you, they do, obviously these people study these statistics a lot, but I, I, Chris, Tim, and I still don't think they've they've got it. Mm-hmm. They've got it right. <laughs> I mm-hmm. think there's a bigger need than they think there is. Because um, when you when you look at the building going on, even yeah. in the type of economy that we have right now, when you see the building going on with housing uh, facilities, those don't just magically get maintained, and parts wear out, uh, appliances wear out faucet you know all those things work so there's going to be a growing need and um and and more plumbers are retiring than they are than we are starting with new plumbers so (laughs) big need you know oh go ahead jason no i was gonna say it's it's kind of a it can you talk about trade jobs the one that kind of makes everything run you know within the industries is trucking Mm -hmm. and we have had a nationwide truck shortage for probably eight or nine years truck mm-hmm. and it's truck power shortage I means there's just not enough people to do them yeah and it's like you said if people understood that you got to work hard and you have, it takes a certain kind of person to be a plumber it takes a certain kind of person to drive a truck sure um but if you're willing to make that sacrifice it can be very rewarding mm-hmm. you know there are trucking companies paying <laughs> close to six figures if not above to drive a truck every day um yeah. And, you know, not a lot of people know that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have situations where, like you said, if plumbers don't work. If there's not enough people to maintain things. Things don't get, get built to start with because they can't get plumbed properly <laughs> yeah. um, or maintained. And for that matter, if things don't get – if trucks aren't available, nothing can get to those plumbers <laughs> to get yeah. Yeah. things trucked. So yeah. it all it all kind of works in in concert with each other, you know. It's like a, I mean, so it really is this well-oiled machine that sometimes you know needs a little more grease. 
So absolutely <laughs> agreed. Yeah. And it's, it, and I think that's the other thing that, you know, we've talked about is you don't have to go far for opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could, if you wanted to, but you don't have to go far. Um, I mean, Jason, you, you and I know a couple guys in the trucking industry. I mean, yeah, there, there are trucking jobs that'll take you across the country. There are trucking jobs that you can go get up in the morning, drive your route, yep. come back every day and yep. be at home every night. So, I mean, and, and still make decent money too. Yeah. yeah. Very. So I, yeah, I, think, I agree. Um, it's that they're all so interrelated. And I think that's why there's, I'm learning this too is the, the kindred spirit that there is among all the trades. Mm-hmm. Um, of course there are running jokes between the trades, just like there are between branches of the military. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, cause everybody makes fun of the air force, but um, uh, <laughs> for how easy to have it. But anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, like the, like plumbing and HVAC uh, that their running joke is they don't hang out with electricians because electricians think they know everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of funny to learn that side of it, you know, that every industry and every set of industries has their, Right. Has their yeah. running jokes. So yeah. anyway, I know from watching this old house, they talk about um, carpenters can't stand plumbers because they love to uh, bore holes into their joist. And yes, they the do. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, I, I can't and, tell you how many episodes I've watched of that as an outside observer because I'm not a carpenter <laughs> that I could claim to be. And uh, the the guy, the one of the main guys, Tommy, on the show, like he'll yeah, show yeah. the the host examples. Uh, you know, he's like, look at this. There is nothing here. It's just a hole, a hole that's been bored out of this, <laughs> of, of this joist that keeps the house put together. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's when that uh, Tommy De Silva, I think. Yeah, Tommy Silva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. I, yeah, those Silva guys. Brothers is their um, company that he's had. Yeah, I think going back to his father, maybe. Yeah, um, and you know, so that show, um, there a guy named Rich Tathui on that show is the main plumber of the show. Okay. And um, I, I got—I tell you, I'm—I've been a member, um, this old house member. So I—I <laughs> pay a monthly fee of about four or five dollars to get like all their content, oh, that's and cool. I can watch it through my um, Roku. And um, so I'm—I've been going back and watching every single episode of all the seasons, all the way back to 1979 when they started the show with Bob. Well, that's Vila. awesome. How old the girl <clears throat> It's Bob Vila. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, watching Rich. Tathui, though, just to relate to your plumbing um, industry, when he first came on, because I was thinking about this when you said that um, that gap between a generation that isn't necessarily instructors or teachers and the younger gap Mm -hmm. of kids that are are a lot of times hungry to learn something. um, It's it's really interesting to see a guy like him because he seems like a, a guy that really wants to teach people and and get the learning out there mm-hmm. uh, when you first meet him on the show back in the old days his dad comes on the show and he's got the button down um oh his, i mean i think at first he was wearing like a suit even but his dad at one point who was the main plumber he was like his flunky um he's got like the button down you know the old school kind of button down not like a jumpsuit jumpsuit type thing yeah or even yeah. The, the shirt sort of kind like of like all- yeah, sort of the coveralls or even even the nice suits. Like sometimes you'll see, I'm I'm trying to think of um, not parts workers, but maybe like the Jiffy Lube guys or people that that work yeah. on. Um, you know, they'll they'll have these the nice um, name on the shirt and everything that's buttoned down. Yep. Maybe even a hat. Um, like yep. it was one of those type of things. And I think going back, we'll say probably even pre-war War Two, there was just sort of this dignity that you could see in some of the trades, like even we've all seen the old milkman um, mm-hmm. commercials and television yeah. where the milkman has a super nice um, white uniform on with a, with a white hat. And he looks like he's enjoying his job delivering, you know, the milk and everything. Yeah. And so yeah. he's, he's taking pride <laughs> and joy in his car. I mean, in his milk truck and delivering the milk to, mm-hmm. to all the residents in the area, even the, even the mailman back in the day, yeah. ahead, Jace, you said, Walk. look like you want to say something. No, no, no. I'm with you on that. It, it harkens back to something that I think Keith heard with me one time at, um, one of the catalyst conferences one time mm. a book called Fred factor. Oh yeah. 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 And it <clears> talks <throat> about this guy's mailman. Fred, 
who went super above and beyond. Like to the point where he was out of town. He knew he was out of town. They knew each other for one thing, which is a, a rare thing these days. And he he would walk his route, which is also rare. But he knew it so well that he would go above and beyond for his people on his route. One time when this guy was – I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but the book's called The First Not the play. I just remember that book. And he knew he was out of town. And instead of just like trying to hide the package behind like a plant or something – Oh, no, he opened the screen door, put the package behind the screen door, shut the screen door behind it. I mean, just when you're talking about taking pride in work, even something so menial a task, you know, if you do it well, you know, it's like he said, at at the end of the day, you're like, hey, I had a good day's work. I mean, think about it. I mean, even even MLK gave a speech called the Street Sweeper speech, Mm -hmm. and it talks about. If you're the street sweeper, may be the best street sweeper in the world, and and that that's kind of the, I think the attitude of like a Mike Rowe and him promoting this mm-hmm. is, you can make everything your art, you know, your passion, your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like you were talking about before one time, Jim, when we were talking about how you grew up in the body shop business, the difference between repair and replacement. You know, not a lot of people repair panels on a car much anymore. <laughs> they replace them. You know, they don't repair the metal. They don't bend it back out. They're like, well, screw it. I'm just going to I'm going to cut this out and we're going to put a new piece in. And I get at some point you have to do that. But I'm more likely a lot of times these days they're we're just going to repeat. <laughs> we're just going to replace that part as opposed to repairing something, which I would I would venture to say that. A good chunk of plumbing is we got to know how to repair mm-hmm. this already existing. We don't know who did it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> situations. So there's what, uh, there's an art and a passion involved in that, you know. What was yep. the, I'm sorry, you seem to cut out on me. What was the name of the book you said? It's called Fred uh, Factor. Fred Factor. The Fred Fluff. The, the Fred. The Fred Factor. I can't even say it. <laughs> it's always a lot of Fs. Um, the Fred Flintstone. Okay. No. no um, <laughs> um, it's and it's just one of those ones that's like. It's just it it tells a story of this, but it also he it's kind of along the lines of that, like take pride in your work. Yeah. Um, well, I and I'm glad y'all. I'm glad both of you mentioned it. Uh, that's another another mountain that Chris and, and Tim and I want to climb is reestablishing, um, reestablishing you know respect and honor in the trades. Um, you know, it drives Chris nuts as a, as a lifelong, like literally a lifelong plumber. Um, he's like, I know, I, I get it. I, I know the the caricature of the bald fat guy with his <laughs> crack hanging out, you know. Um, he's like, I get it. And, and so he, he's, he and his dad have taken that on personally. So with their company, you know, every – Every one of their vehicles has their company name and phone number on the side. Their guys every day have the same. I've got one. Um, <laughs> one of the red cups up there. Anyway, um, but they all the guys have the same red shirts on when they go to a customer. Like, say if it's, it's a residence or a company, either one. They park out front where the customer can see the vehicle. They walk up the driveway, not across the yard. They walk up the driveway. And then they're standing at the front door with the red shirt, with the name of the company over their shoulder. You can see the vehicle that's got the name and the, you know, the, mm-hmm. all of those things add up. And he and his dad are big believers in that makes a difference. Um, it makes a difference when people go, wow, okay, these, these guys are real. Like these, they have not only respect for what they do, but they have respect for me as a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's another big part of what they're trying to do is, um, is reestablish, if you will, that level of respect and honor in the trades. Um, you know, Hmm. so it's, and so for that reason, we're not necessarily just opening our arms to anybody and everybody that wants to help us. We're kind of being picky. (laughs) Um, we, we know some of the companies out there that 
are they've got reputations. We'll just put it that way. They have reputations in the industry that they're not really there to help people. They're there to to charge a lot of money for things that people don't need. Um, so we're, we're not making partnerships there. Um, we know we could be losing out on money on that kind of thing, but it's a bigger deal to us to try to kind of, you know, create an, an upswell within the industry to, to make it better. Um, and it, I mean, it's going to be better for everybody. It'll be better for customers. It'll be better for the people in the industry. So, you know, yeah. all those kind of things. Well, yeah. And I was thinking even with like, I think of all three of us, at least from what I know, we're all fairly teachable people. Mm-hmm. You know, we enjoy learning. Mm-hmm. We enjoy soaking in the knowledge. We know, we know that, but that with that also comes a healthy respect for those who do know more than us, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and saying, and cause we were all kind of raised that way too, like to where we're like, you know, I might get up to the same kind of level as somebody technically in a job, but I, I think I've always been kind of one of those people who says, you know, but if that person's been doing it for 50 years and I've been doing it for 10, I might be on the same job level, but I am nowhere near <laughs> the experience level of that person. And it's hard because if the other person doesn't see that you're doing that, you know, or respected or can and can tell that you're coming at it from that vantage point, then you're then in these cases, you know, they're just a, this 20 year old that's just trying to to knock them out of a job. And there there becomes this weird hidden underlying competition, which, yes, competition is good in business, but it can be a little bit of an obstacle for learning and for yeah. for furthering your career. But um, I guess that's kind of what I've always thought is like. No, no, no. Teach me more. I don't know anything. Like I yeah. come into it. Yeah. I come into it mainly going, I want to know more. Like say, I don't know how, you know, say we we're talking about, I'm getting into long distance shooting for guns or something like that. Like, I don't know. Teach me. I want to learn yeah. from people that know what they're doing or have a passion for. I also respect the passion too. in somebody who's had that passion for a longer time too. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, anybody knows me knows I'm a passion passionate person and i tend to keep a lot of knowledge too up in this massive head on top of my shoulders it's lost in shipping sometimes but it's there um but just i think going into it with that attitude mm-hmm. of no 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 i i, I want to know more and i know that kind of gives you more of a i don't want to say a better work ethic but it, it, it kind of shapes your work ethic in a weird way because if you're like oh i'm learning i want to learn more i want to learn more and, and how do you but how do you teach that in somebody? That's kind of another challenge, yeah. I would think. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, you, know, you but, know, I think that people should go back and make their kids watch Dirty Jobs, old episode yeah. of Dirty oh, Jobs, yeah. just so <laughs> they can, because he does such a broad. I mean, it is a funny All show, but <laughs> he does such a broad spectrum of different kinds of, you know, trade yeah. type job. Not not every trade job is a dirty job, but you know. <laughs> no, no, but it's yeah. it's. But I think I think that's more the stigma. Uh-huh. Also, the title of that show is kind of addressing the stigma right. of yeah. the fact that, oh, you're you're dirty. You're the lowly tradesman yeah. worker. It's like, yeah, well, that lowly tradesman worker keeps things going and is always going to be essential. Right. That's the key. Yeah. Well, you know, I know yeah. one of my favorite episodes of his, not really my favorite because it was disgusting, but he was following a porta potty guy around. <laughs> and he basically was saying that the guy started out you know doing whatever and i think eventually he was making like six figures a year doing what he was doing because he started his own porta potty business <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you know talk about necessity i mean mm-hmm. there's certain things that are always going to be there and hey everybody's got to go <laughs> that's right everybody's got to go i mean think about things and and we we laugh at there are certain companies i know we don't like to endorse like companies i guess but there are certain like i think of plumbing companies with purple vehicles that drive around the Atlanta area that have funny sayings, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. a Royal flush beats a full house, you know, things yeah. like that, yeah. you know, or that, we're number one in the number two business. Two business. Or, I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. like, I don't know how they are as a company. I'm not really, I'm, but they're brilliant in their marketing yeah. and you remember that company because of that, that marketing. And it's like you said, you know, you got to be like, all right, take, um, zero res another, a big, cleaning company that started i think they started in the duct cleaning 
and now they do ducts mm -hmm. and carpet floors and carpets and everything charge salt water literally no residue left over brilliant but they things is they show the difference in their people when they show up at the door and your normal guy he's like you see a nice clean cut guy next to a picture of a guy like i'm here to play your carpets and this one's like hey i'm with zero res i'm here and it looks nice yeah but it puts that person at ease you know and, it, and it's, it's like you said it's it's a and it's a brand recognition thing too which um another thing that we're trying to work on too um particularly in plumbing is is Chris, Tim and I, we're, we're definitely wanting, you know, as we're, we're making some inroads with some of the local school systems um, to have, to let us come in and talk to the students and let them know the opportunities are there. But one thing in particular that, you know, Chris has talked about from the service side in particular, when it comes to plumbing is he, he wants to get more females into plumbing. And the reason being, he's like, you know, we service, older couples, older females, younger females that are, that are single. Um, mm -hmm. And he said, and there's, he said, I just think we can offer a greater level of comfort and ease. Uh, if we have a female plumber show up, you know, yep. and there, we can maybe ease the tension a little bit and ease some of that fear of, Oh no, I have to call a plumber. Some big, hairy, nasty looking dude is going to come in my house, you know? Um, I mean, and that's yeah. coming from the mouth of a plumber. Okay. So, <laughs> um, but I mean that again, that's part and parcel to the bigger picture of what we're trying to address. Um, and honestly, right. I, we know there are plenty of others doing that too. Um, so I, it's just encouraging that when we talk to companies and that when we're starting to talk to the, some of the school systems that, um, in particular kind of out where I am, um, some of the school systems out here are definitely open to what we're doing. Um, I think they've got a, a bigger picture in mind. I think they see the bigger picture of what's going on in our economy and in the country in terms of the need for skilled uh, tradespeople. Um, so it's, it's nice to know that it's being recognized that there is a need We're we're just hoping to hit the need right where it is and not miss it. Um, and so, and again, starting with plenty, we're, we're hoping to get, we're hoping to add HVAC um, later on, electrician. Uh, actually, we we've got a, a gentleman down in Florida that he he wants to he wants to join forces and do masonry with us. So we're like, hold on, mm. we, yes, let's mm. do that, but hold on, we got to get this started first. So, right. um, so masonry, carpentry, whatever, you know. Um, but like you said, it's a need across the board. Um, oh, it's yeah. a need to redefine the respect and honor that comes with those. Um, and like Jason, I'm glad Jason said it. We're we're not anti-college. Uh, I mean, I've got a four-year degree. I've got a master's. I'm not telling people not to go to college. I'm just saying, hey, for those of you that college sounds like the worst thing ever, <laughs> there's a lot of options out there. <clears throat> right. You know, tons Absolutely. of options out there. And, and they're and, really good ones. And for that matter, you get into the trade and you fund your college education later. I mean, I mean, you know, right. and, and that's the other thing is, is some, some might get into a trade and find out, Hey man, it, if let's say I, I go get a, you know, an associate's degree in business, then I'll learn a little bit more about running my own business. Uh, it, it takes, it takes a lot yeah. to own a business. Um, yeah. That's and I think, thing. well, I think there's something good to say to that when, um, I mean, there's so much guidance that needs to be given to kids anyways, but <laughs> mm -hmm. if you, if a kid knows that, hey, for instance, I, I'm thinking in my own head of myself when I was um, 15, and we're going to round it out here in a second. Um, and I thought to myself, I want to be an HVAC guy because I couldn't think of anything. I didn't want to go to college. I ended up deciding I wanted to go to college. However, it would have been nice to have somebody that could guide me on more of what that looked like if I did go to vocational school and become an HVAC guy. I actually knew a guy that did that. Um, he actually ended up becoming an HVAC guy through vocational school. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that, I, you know, I don't know. I think if a lot of kids knew that if they just, because so many, including myself, you get to 9th, 11th or 12th grade and you're sort of like, I'm graduating in May. I don't know what mm -hmm. to do. But if you I know didn't. that the vocational <laughs> school that's in, you know, wherever, uh, Cobb County, Gwinnett, your, your local county, 
has a voc or a city has a vocational school and you can look at it and say, well, you know what? I'm just going to go take um, the electrical class and, and try mm-hmm. to become an electrician or the plumbing class. And I think that they don't realize that you could do that and, and be debt free. And you let's say you and I'm just giving a, a you know hypothetical here. Somebody starts out as a 20 year old doing plumbing. They go five years or I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's say they do a year and a half or two years in trade school. They're doing five years of plumbing. They have seven years of plumbing experience under their belt by the time they're 25. And then let's just say they work all the way up to 28 and they're like, you know what? I think that now that I'm a supervisor and I'm, and I'm supervising two crews, maybe I'll go back to school and get my, like you said, associates in business or even my own business degree through my local community college. Next Mm -hmm. thing you know, you've got a business degree and you've decided to become an entrepreneur or maybe a manager of a plumbing company or whatever. And by the time you're 40 years old or something, you might be making 150 K as like the, the head supervisor of whatever or more or more. And Mm -hmm. you did it all and you went to college debt free because you paid for it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I there's parts of me that wish I would have done that for like IT or something at the time. Yeah. You know, talk about a career I did totally just blew by me. I mean, that could have been you know something else. And you can still do it. I'm not saying you don't. You can right. always start something new. That's kind yeah. of the other thing we need to remember. And I, yeah, I think it can't. No, go ahead. What does Dave Ramsey say? Um, Colonel Sanders didn't fry a chicken until he was in his <laughs> That's true, late yeah. 60s, early 70s. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I the IT is a great one as well. I mean, that yeah. that one is kind of, I mean, it's an upper, I would say it's more of a, um, <laughs> I don't know what's the color between white and blue. It's sort of an in-between white and blue collar <laughs> type of deal where you're, it's sort of a tradesman Carolina in a lot blue. of ways. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> well, no, it's true. It can Powder be. Powder blue. It's, it's a... It's a it's a tradesman job, but it can right. be you know it can be an office tradesman job, but it's still you're you're still learning a trade per se. Yeah, um, it's not a, a concept like a you know a a business degree or something like that where yes it's business, but business is so overarching. This is a I think of trade schools too as specifics as yeah. well. Like I'm well, learning a lot of times they trade. can include things like um you know barber. You know, mm-hmm. learning how to be a barber or being a um, cosmologist. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, how many people, you know, go into the barber college these days? You know, yeah. I mean, a lot I of I, I can say there's a lot of women just to look at it from the female side. If they knew the opportunities that were there for working in hair cuttery and in that field just yeah. alone. I mean, I know a lot of women that went on, you know, they went to college or whatever, and now they're doing you know, now they own their own salon out of their, their house or whatever, or they mm-hmm. went to Cosmo. Is it cosmology school? That cosmetology. 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 Thank you. Excuse yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, cosmopolitan here. Uh, <laughs> um, they might have one while they're getting their haircut. Anyway. Yeah, really? <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that you would have never, you know, imagined would be a good career back in the day. Um, you know, I mean, like I was talking about with trucking, I mean, I was I used to work for a major container shipping company, and we would always talk about how, you know, it doesn't matter what the flow is of containers at a port. If there aren't trucking companies pull those things out, of those containers are going to sit there, you know. And you know, you you think there are so many like support industries to things. There are backbone industries like trucking, like rail, those kind of deals. But there's so many little supporting – like take the film industry, for instance. Big here in our state of Georgia. All three of us are from this random place in Georgia, even though we're not going to talk about exactly where we're from. um, (laughs) Yes, yes, don't give out our addresses. No, no, no. I won't do that. Um, But we've had a a very blossoming and very thriving film industry here. But it's not just the production companies. It's the green screen companies. It's the catering companies. It's prop houses. Right. It's all kinds of things that go along with one industry. Well, uh, they, um, man, that was a great story about that. Uh, a little tiny one is, is in Tucker, Georgia. There's a long, long standing company there, Kofer Brothers uh, mm-hmm. Lumberyard. Uh, you know, when we were going through 0708 with the housing, you know, crash, mm-hmm. um, they were hit pretty hard as a supplier, right? Yep. Well, what rescued them? Hollywood. Yep. Um, that was when really, 
you know, the first the first spark of really things taking off in Georgia in terms of TV and movie production was really around that time. Well, um, I think it's Chip. Yeah, Chip Kofer. He's like, if it wasn't for those guys, he said, we, we might have folded after, I mean, over 50 years of being in business. He said, we might have been under. He said, but man, those guys were like, hey, we need supplies and we need them now. Right. Um, and so they've, Kofer Brothers there and Tucker, just a little local company and and they took off uh and they were able to stay in business if not grow because yeah. of uh being a support to uh and, industry and even provide other sides of that because mm-hmm. they also people don't realize they have one of the largest collections of cars in the southeast the stable of thoroughbreds yep of collector vehicles oh mr kofer <laughs> and i've been in that building and it's phenomenal and they provide cars for movies they provide all that that's stuff they cool. maintain. There's a guy there that that's his job. He maintains that collection. That's you know, cool. Um, hey, um, we have a friend, Jason and I, a mutual friend, Matt uh, Drake, who I've had on this podcast because oh, yeah, he Matt. is a yep. organic farmer or likes to do that stuff. He's just a, he's a cool guy all around. And, he, just, um, he knows how to do a lot of things. He's gotten into the plumbing industry and he works oh, for Royal Flush. Um, yeah, cool. I don't mind mentioning it for him. But uh, he went through their training program and has started it now. And I'll end with this. No he was he came to my house the other day because he has a side business where he chops wood up and sells it to people that want it for fireplaces. And he came over and we we're talking. And I was asking about the job. He goes, "Yeah, it's going really well." Um, he this is what he said. He said that um, pays really good. He says that a lot of guys out there have gotten into the, I guess you'd call it trench digging, where they're using what do you call those mini um, uh, mini X. Yeah, those things. Yep. Um, says a lot of guys, he says he doesn't want to do that sort of thing, but he says the guys that do that, he says he knows plenty of dudes that are out there working 12, 14 hour days. And he said, they're just killing it. He said, they mm-hmm. are just making money hand over fist. He's like, I can't do that because I want to be at home with my wife and kids. Right, he yeah. said, so I just sort of stick with the service stuff and, and do that. But he's like, for people that want to get out there and make some real money, he's like, those guys, you know, they're pulling 50 plus hours a week, but they are making some Series dough. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and, is he there um, to cut your tree up, Gene? Cut my tree up. Did he do that? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I did okay. that on my own. <laughs> oh, <whoa>. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. um. So Chris, my partner, his his company, he, they have one, and um, you know it. Yeah, on one hand, you can make a lot of money with it, but it costs a lot to to get it and to mm-hmm. take it out. So, um, you know, to get it on the trailer, to you know, have all that it takes to make it run. I've been there. Like I got to go on a call when they did that, when they pulled a water service line from a house out to the curb, out to the, uh, out to the meter. Um, I got to be there for that, which is, is really cool. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's costly to get it out on the road, but man, once you do though, man, you can, yeah. I, and he told me he's, he, he knows a couple guys that do that, that that's literally all they do is go and dig trenches for water lines you know, take water lines out and somebody else comes out and does the rest. And yeah, he said, you can make a killing doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard, but man. Well, Hey, if you're like, a a tw- if you're it. like, if you learn to do that at like 24, you're making enough money. You might be able to retire from it by the time you're 44 and just move on to something that's a little easier, you know? Yeah. Start <laughs> your own business, do whatever. If you, mm-hmm. if you're you know, wise with the money and you make enough of it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, Keith, I'm going to, um, leave links to y'all's website on the comments below like and subscribe yes. like that um, right there yes everybody there like and subscribe hit the button below <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so that if people want to get in touch or just uh reach out and Absolutely. donate two million dollars to the organization you can by all means or even Please. just one or even just one million you know then. listen at this point i'll take you know five grand but <laughs> i'll take I a mean, grand if you got uh, two million maybe put like 500 grand toward talk of the now podcast maybe put yeah, yeah, 1.5 yeah. towards jay the trade hey, business look we'll we'll put it in a we'll put it in an interest bearing account and just pay everybody monthly so that that works for me uh, gene has to start his barbecue restaurant you know so oh no 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 no, no i'm not i'm not ready for that i'll try barbecue all day but i don't know if I can to... okay. that's it hey that's another episode yes. um <laughs> barbecue um yeah, there we go. Well, Keith, Keith you can uh, definitely have some input on that. I bet a lot of plumbers know some good barbecue. Uh, yeah, they do.
Yeah, All right, man. Keith. Well, we're gonna let you go, man. Um, and Thank thanks you, for uh, letting us know about more about this. And uh, yeah, that's great. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.